Hey guys, Spirit here. Just wanted to remind you all that the Relics of War Guild is openly recruiting, and if you want to come hang out with us, I think we're pretty cool people. But if you don't want to take my word from it, here are some actual rowboats. Uh-oh, we're being recorded. Flee! Flee for your lives! We have a mumble, which we put to excellent use, talking about very important and productive things. <laughs> I do see Balthazar every once in a while at the actual flag swarm, and I'm like, what up, Balthazar? Sometimes Grenz shows up. Oh, you know. I've seen Lissa. <laughs> Every day I'm farming flax. It's a living. We do fractals, dungeons, and raids. Here in Relics of War, we carry a torch through three different fractals and name it Steve. We even PvP on occasion. Here at Relics, you can be the bad war any day. We do massive events and invite everyone in the community to join us. This is madness. No! This is Torpocalypse! You can make it work. We don't do much World v. World as a guild, but we are based on Northern Shiver Peaks, and we love the NSP community. If you don't like the high pressures of World vs. World and those overrated servers like Blackgate, come here! Northern Shiver Peaks, where it's quiet. No one can hear you scream. We do guild missions on a weekly basis. Relics of War! Climb mountains, beat up trolls, and take their artichokes. Our members have a very diverse range of skills and interests, and we're happy to teach new players to the game. Relics of War, where no man is left behind. Even, even the really silly people, like me. We've got a website at guild.relicsofor.com, which we also use for very productive and important conversation. I don't really know what's going on in here. <laughs> I just showed up. I have gotten that Karma Snow Globe as well. It does exist. Can you link it? I, I know I ate it. Cricket. Cricket. If you think you'd like to join the rowboat fleet, just send us a whisper in-game at Relics of Or. That's Relics of O-R-R. -R, and we'll see you soon. I'm just listening in for the laughs. And so should you! Anyway, we do this on the fly, and this is very juice-fueled. Welcome to episode 173 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybok, and joining me this evening are my fine, venerated co-hosts, uh, Shongaku, Spirit, and Brabin. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? I was dreading the... I knew that you were going to spin the wheel and pick someone, and I was like, oh god, I don't have an answer. It's going to be me, because that's how it works when, it, when you don't have an answer, and it's me. Uh, so hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> I will take that as hello. I will take that as an okay. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing this evening, Eric? It has been quite a while since your last appearance on the show. It has been. I think it was right after the announcement of the Reaper that I was on, and we both giddily talked about what we thought they could be. Yeah, yeah. I think we're both pretty happy about that. To oh this my goodness, they're so good. Yeah, it's really it's really exciting. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you back, even if it's just going to be for uh, one off or two. I think, but uh, yeah. I'm excited. And Robin, how are you doing? It's uh, it's been a been a couple months here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Also, I'm excited about the Reaper. I switched to playing uh, Reaper in World v World when I play World v World now because it's so easy to take a camp with minions. Yeah, dude, uh, necromancers have always been exceedingly fun in World v World for me. Like it's yeah, they're 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 a blast. They're it's one of the environments where you really where it really benefits you to have that one against many or yeah. know, to, to fight large groups of people and you have the endurance to survive it for a while. So yeah, 
No, I think you have uh, an advantage when you're going against two or three in World v. World versus it's one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. The Reaper, yeah. It's it's pretty great. Um, so so that's exciting. Um, so this week uh, slash this month, have we done one this month? We did one two weeks ago, right? I mean, it's February first for me because I live in the future, so no. Ha! There you go. This month, uh, we had we had a big first quarterly patch that ArenaNet is planning on putting out every quarter, um, because that's what that word means. Uh, <laughs> also known as every three months for the people that you know get confused. Yeah, indeed. Um, and it's got all sorts of features for us to talk about. And I think that we are equal parts really happy and uh, equal parts piles of salt. So that depends on what we're talking about. Um, do we want to just jump into the happy one? The the gliding? Yes. Yes. Eric, take it away. We can oh, now glide goodness. in Corteria. Oh, it's so nice. I don't die. I was really expecting them to just do, like Kate had been talking about in previous shows, pity parachutes. I just assumed that was going to be what it was going to be. And then where you just jump off and you go straight down because it wouldn't break maps. And then they're like, we don't care about breaking maps as much. Go for it. And it is just fantastic. I have been thoroughly enjoying it. Speaking of breaking maps, have you guys noticed, and this happened to be last night, I don't think they've patched it, if you try to glide off of things inside of Lion's Arch, you end up like in the map, over in the water, in the ocean, on top of buildings. I was having so much fun with it, just jumping off of at things that I could get on top <laughs> of. And I just teleport somewhere else. It was really cool. I have not I have had that not happen had yet. That happen to me. I did it off of the octopus. Jinx. Yeah, I did it off of the octopus, the bank thing. And then I was waiting on some people for fractals, and I did it off of the doilax. They're there and for the portal. And I ended up on top of the roof over to the right. Um with your back face in the portal. It, it's crazy. You should try it. That's kind of awesome. Does it does it have reproducible results, or does it just sort of teleport you somewhere random? Um, it seems reproducible as in the area that you're in, but one that I did once that I couldn't redo was off of the octopus bank, dude. I jumped, and I ended up over on, like, Clar Island in the water, dead. <laughs> I'm like, Clar this is Island weird. Is, of course, the canon pronunciation. That's right. That's awesome. So yeah, you play with that. It's fun. I hope they don't patch it soon. Yeah, I keep forgetting like that I can do it, even though I knew that it was coming and I was excited about it. Um, mm-hmm. I just like I keep forgetting, and then every once in a while I go, "Oh, I can glide here," um, yeah. and and then I get really excited, and then I go into fractals and I can't glide, and then I'm like, "No, wait." <laughs> yeah, or the worst is like I've d- I've done this a couple times too because I've been doing a lot of open world gathering lately. I forget to glide, die, and then someone glides down to res me, and I go, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> but i have to say like i i was already excited for it and i like i knew from the perspective of you know i'm not, I'm not gonna die as much it'll be great but the amount of sheer joy i've had from doing it is awesome like i i really didn't think um that you know it was gonna change the way that i saw you know these maps that i've been in dozens and dozens of times but it does there are places i can get to that i've never been to before and there are places i can you know shortcuts i can take a new so i'm i'm actually thinking about even starting a character that's fresh and just starting from from scratch and doing map completion with a a glider now because it's it's that cool to me to have that option I've been playing with my fiance a little bit here and there, and one of the first things that they did when they released the gliding for when I heard the gliding for Tyrio was coming is I went and grabbed the one of the characters on her account that I had leveled up to eighty years ago. I gave her my alt account and went and unlocked uh, gliding. 
so that now that it is out, I can actually, she can just go and glide. And it's been a lot of fun because she picked up gliding quite quickly. And what were you going to say, Robin? The part that I noticed the most, gliding's awesome, is I, when I went to Brisbane Wildland for the iron farm, I'm like, oh, I don't have to die to get the iron. I just go up and down and move around. And it was just so yeah. nice. That's when I really was like, wow, gliding is a big improvement. And for the first couple days, it's I still did a double take when I saw myself or someone else gliding in Central Tyria. It was just weird. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've mostly, I haven't actually been in too many Central Tyrian regular maps. Mostly it's just been limited to the cities um, and then, you know, Heart of Thorns maps. But I even just simple things like being able to take a, a jump off of through the through the Mystic Forge in the Royal Terrace and glide out and through the door, like through the outdoor is just super fun for me to just like just even that little shortcut um yeah no it's great it's it's a lot of fun i i also got on top of some really high up chandeliers uh in divinity reach or divinity's reach because you know you can just glide down on top of them so uh yeah it's it's great it's a it's a really fun feature i'm really happy i think we talked about it on the other episode but if we didn't i'm just i'm still really happy that they didn't make it an extra mastery or take any extra mastery points to do because yeah i it's uh i it just feels right to just we have gliding and now you can use it more places so i i'm just really happy with it can i am i allowed to invoke the tinfoil hats this early in a podcast um yeah it's it's uh eric's inaugural re-podcasting so yay tinfoil hats yes the tinfoil is on sale today it's on wholesale we can we can all get it as early (laughs) and as often as we want that's okay because i can make a new one um with alu foil but that's a whole nother story uh (laughs) is that like some sort of upside down tinfoil (laughs) um uh, our former flatmates were Australian, and they were asking for alu foil, and it confused the crap out of Christian one day. So he was like, "What is an alu foil?" Anyway, uh, I feel my like that's turned about that to play. I think that's <laughs> when the shiny side is not on the side you expect it to be because it's upside down. Yeah, I'll allow it. the The question I would like to pose to you guys, however, though, is since we. You know, ArenaNet originally said, we're going to take these features, these masteries are only only going to be in this expansion, right? So you don't have to have them to be competitive in other ones, or, you know, um, and we're not going to bring these to Corteria. It's just going to be an expansion thing. Uh, So now that they've gone back on that, and gliding has been in Corteria, do you think it will carry forward into other expansions, and how would they go about doing that? I think, I'll just go first, I think that it will carry forward just because they've seen how much people enjoy it, but with the caveat that I would say new maps probably aren't going to be as vertical and probably won't include, much like Central Tyria, probably will not include things like updrafts um, to really like support it, but the, I, I would imagine that they will assume that it is there when they build future maps because... Yeah, I don't know. That that would be my guess. Like it it maybe in future maps it will be more like in just a lot of the central Tyria maps where like you can glide off small hills or whatever, but you know, who cares? That doesn't really hurt their design. Um and then like the few maybe tall places that they make, they, you know, can just figure that out. That that would be my guess. I agree, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see maps or areas future that have some sort of, you know, story shoe in like oh no there's a sniper taking down people in gliders you just can't use gliders in this map because they wanted it that way so 
I imagine that there might be maps with and without it. Eric? Yeah, I think that, I mean, as far as gliding is concerned, I figure that most maps they're going to design just with how positively they've received verticality in this MMO in this expansion which is fascinating because most expansions that add verticality just get panned for it so it's really interesting that it's been so positive possibly because it's been gliding rather than flying and that full free z access does tend to confuse people but i figure they're going to do gliding in the rest of the expansions they may not necessarily do updrafts in all the maps and stuff like Vraben was saying but i figured that we'll probably see a lot more of that sort of verticality and design because it really frees them up to be like oh and here's a 10,000 foot cliff but it's not actually an obstruction for our players which is kind of cool yeah and i mean to play off that idea that Brabin had about you know say snipers or, or some explanation of why you can't glide if they give you like one map that they don't want you to glide i mean just think about say we go to the shiver peaks and there's a blizzard like they could have a blizzard map yeah. where you just can't like the it is too much of a blizzard for you to use your glider or you know if they wanted to take it out of dry top you know or take it out of dry top during the twister i mean there's all sorts of things like that that they could do to play with it that that could restrict it maybe for certain maps or certain times or certain wait we can glide in dry top now can't we yes I mean, I, yes I you can so. oh man i bet you that changes yeah. how people run the map I bet, yeah. I haven't been back, but that's I'm I sure either. it does. Oh, yeah. I want to go glide down the canyon now. That place no, is so right? cool. Yeah, I have so. not done that either. Oh my goodness. Everybody's changed how they speed, speed clear events. That definitely has to have an effect. That's cool. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's a good question. I would I would assume that going forward, since they've backported it, that going forward they will design with yeah. them in mind. I, I hope they do. I'm I'm fine with them not having every mastery represented in the in the future. You know, like we don't need speed mushrooms in every map going forward forever. But certain things that really affect your character, like auto loot being a Cortarian mastery, but you can use it everywhere except World v. World. Um, you know, I. Yeah, certain certain things that enhance your character's sort of like always accessible abilities seem reasonable to assume that they will maintain across the across future expansions. Now, do you think that we might see with you were mentioning the auto loot feature and the and and we have gliding, which are basically the two sort of cross expansion pack masteries do you think we might see like one mastery that's specifically like this is a cross expansion pack mastery in the future like just across the board generally like reasonable uh, what do you mean by that well so you've got the ones that can be used by different by multiple in multiple different copies of the game so you have the core and then the expansion so maybe they'll design it around like okay well we have this one new mastery that is going to be across the entire game and then everyone will be able to see it and interact with it and stuff. Like, if we decide to, instead of swim to Tyria, now we get, like, a ship sailing mastery or something. If we decide to sail to Cantha or something in the pure water ocean expansion. I would that imagine definitely does not things. exist, but should. Yeah, I would imagine that um, those things would sort of manifest as just as core Tyria masteries. Um, and then be able to be used anywhere, sort of like the the packed commander line, where you've got the you know your mentor tag and your auto loot, and those are things that aren't going to be relevant in any one expansion, but also could be relevant to all of them. I think it That's sort of depends it. on how in the forefront of said new expansion that mastery would be. Like gliding is at the forefront of Heart of Thorns, so it makes sense for it to be a Heart of Thorns mastery, but 
I, you know, so I, I could see, say, future expansion pack adding some new mastery that does that is global, but I could also equally see a just some sort of new cool meant for all of the games that comes under the Cortarian line. So, but yeah, I mean, I could I could see that going either way. Or what if they added new uh, lines to the mastery gliding mastery? Like we have leyline gliding. If you have it. What if there's something beyond Leyline Gliding that only shows up in the new maps? I can see them maybe doing something like that. Yeah. Um, they do have to be careful with that with the mastery point costs because at the at the end of the line, you know, they, they increase in cost as you add them to the end. And so it would not take very many more before you've actually run out of all of the mastery points that you could have gotten unless they add more mastery points. So... Yeah, I mean that's just something that they have to like keep in mind in terms of yeah. acquisition because there's no refunding as Kate mentioned last time. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I think I think yeah, I think everybody is super excited, uh, super happy with gliding. It's I mean we've been enjoying it in hot this whole time, and now we don't have to have that weird disconnect every time we go to Tyria. So or you know Corteria, I guess. So that is pretty cool. Um, so anything anybody wants to talk about specifically next? No. Okay. Uh, well, I did mention that you can't glide in fractals, so they did fix the Mossman uh, exploit where you stood on top of his hut, uh, only for it to be replaced immediately by a new exploit where you stand on top of a tree. It didn't um, even take a day. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, it's just so funny. I, I just can't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't, I can't decide... I, I can't imagine how ArenaNet must feel about it. Like, on the one hand, they clearly are irritated by it, but on the other hand, it's like, you almost have to laugh at how trivial it is to, to bug that encounter out, apparently. I heard there's actually four trees that you can use. Really? Yeah, four, all the trees? Yeah, like, like different, yeah, like different trees around the, around the area. I know we experimented with the exploit, like, recently. We had a hard time actually getting it to trigger. But that might have been the fact that we were in a level 70 fractal and Rabin and I both had sub sub 50 agony resistance. We had low agony resistance, so we were being carried oh. hard. Oh, yeah. It definitely is slower than the um, the roof stack because a lot of the time he just like sort of walks out of your range. And actually, just yesterday, I had him break aggro and he like walked away and then teleported back to his hut and full healed instantly when he was at like half. So... That kind of annoyed us, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's not not really worth dedicating a whole bunch of time to, other than the fact that I know that at least I and probably Spirit have been running daily swamps for um, a since hot, so uh, it affected us in in so far as it didn't really affect us. But they tried. Did you have something you want to say, Spirit? No, not really. I mean, I actually have a question okay. then about fractals since we're on topic. They said that new fractals are coming. What do you guys think those will be? Because I love tinfoil hats, and I haven't been on for a while, and I need all the... Well, since I'm the host uh, proper, I get to shuffle around who has to answer that first. So, Eric, you get to answer your own question first. <laughs> nice. Well, my answer is I think that what, they, what we will see most likely is the raid bosses from the raid as toned down bosses in fractals uh, maybe boss fractals or maybe just fractals with their trash in front of them and you that will be a super uh, much easier version of the raid so the health will be way lower per person the required damage per second will be way lower per person and it will serve as a training 
function because you can now pick which ones you do so what guilds will be able to do is say hey you five go run this and you're gonna get a general feel of how the fight actually goes that's, that's my theory i mean i don't know that i think that's what they're gonna do but i think that's a cool idea at least even if it's not implemented in fractals but as a way to have like a raid training instead of ram your face into a wall until you get knocked unconscious yeah and like it would be a great tool for me to have for to, you know to get new people into the raid but also for you know people who you don't actually want to raid they just want to see the story of the raid so there's a lot of sort of i don't know that like the the first thing we've seen so far has some pretty interesting story stuff and i would be sad if i was missing out on it yep i still like the idea i think this is your, your idea as well eric that we get to see what Ritlock was doing in the mists. That would be cool new fractals. And oh yeah, the time travely one. Yeah. Idea. Did that get talked about on the show? Has anyone mentioned that? I don't know. I think we had to have maybe. I don't know. I think um maybe not in fractal form, but I also expressed the thought that it would be really neat if we got to have maybe a living story chapter about um Ritlock's mist adventures, but that would also work perfectly as a fractal, so and because the mists are like all messed up time stuff, you could actually play your characters with Ritlock. And the reason why Ritlock's not talking about his journey is because he met you, but the future you, which is why he was so confident we would, you know, do that thing to Mordremoth at the end of the expansion, quote unquote, spoilers. Uh, and so he'd already experienced it. And so he couldn't, he can't tell us about it because of spoilers. And the breaking the universe thing. Yeah, and breaking the timeline. But line. I like the spoilers better. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you because spoilers IRL. That's, <laughs> that's great. All right, Spirit, what uh, what would be your theorized or ideal new fractals? I don't even know. To be quite honest, I am so over fractals. I've done them for you, like, and I can't even I can't even really quantify why I don't like fractals anymore, and why I would rather have just straight up dungeons. Um, like I've been having a really hard time describing that, but yeah, I'm, I'm not. I think it's because there's zero mystery in fractals. Yeah, I mean, even maybe. with dungeons, there's too much mystery in fractals. But like, but at the same time, I know I don't go back and grind my face on Asquilon Catacombs for the story anymore. Like, yeah, it was interesting the first time, but I, that's not why I go back to it. So I can't, I can't quite quantify. Like, maybe it's not long enough. Maybe it's too long. I don't know. Like, it's yeah, it's weird for me. But I just. Like, I don't care. I'll play the new ones. I'll I'll continue playing Fractals because uh, it's my only source of income. It's a good source of Ascended Gear. And, you know, it's what everyone's doing. And, uh, you know, plenty of people need help with it and whatever. So, yeah, I'll go do them. But I, I genuinely don't get much joy out of Fractals anymore. And it's it's a shame because, you know, it's, it's what's on offer for five-man content right now. But there's, yeah, no, I don't think there's anything they could do. Um, with a new fractal that would be like, yeah, because this is the greatest thing ever. Because I, you know, having done the raids, having done the hot content, having done, um, you know, all this new stuff, if they want the, if they want whatever new fractal it is to be on par with the existing ones, it'll have to be sort of boring, right? I mean, like, either they would have to redo old fractals to bring them up to par for their new design standards or they would have to you know you would have this sort of one fractal that was really um mechanically complex and nobody would run it because there are easier ones to do like swamp so i don't know that's <laughs> sort of where i'm at which is sort of a bummer because i, I want to say like yeah i have this really great idea for it um but i don't uh and i think 
I, like I just don't see it happening. I mean, honestly, you, for all the for all the updates that Fractals have gotten, it's some of the oldest content in Guild Wars too. It it was introduced about what a month two after launch and hasn't changed much since then, except for some few select cases. So I don't know. I have brought rain to the parade. You may all partake. Alrighty then. I mean, so I guess uh, just to comment on that briefly, I think that. I've seen that sentiment, or not exactly that same sentiment, but I, there's been a shared sentiment among a lot of people that have done Fractals since it came out that they've they've gotten very burned out on it because, it, like you said, it hasn't changed very much. Obviously, the new changes that came out with Hot are super welcomed, but also legitimately three years after <laughs> Fractals came out. Um, and while dungeons didn't really change, they were consistently a good source of repeatable rewards, whereas fractals were generally not, um, you know what I mean? Or at least not necessarily good for the amount of time you were investing in them. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people that really cared about fractals got really burned out on fractals. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's a sentiment that, that a lot of people share uh, just in general, like, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, you do you do bring up a good point about how they're going to balance the interest level of the encounters, um, which I guess is a good segue for later. But like they, we can talk about sort of relating this to the Shatterer uh, when it comes back because that is a newly spruced up encounter, but it you know it is not up to the challenge level of other spruced up encounters, but by design. So we can talk about you know how how much that succeeded or failed or or whether or not you like that. Um, when we get to it, I guess. But uh, Raven, do you have any? Do you have any fractal fractal wishes? Um, I know I'm not as burned out on fractals as many people. I mean, I think we have people in the guild that have run fractals every day since it, the game came out, almost since fractals came out. So I still enjoyed doing them. But yeah, I thought it was interesting when I said, "Yo, there's not enough mystery or spirit, so there's too much." I think it is both because at least with a dungeon, you know. I still enjoy, or would enjoy, because we don't ever do dungeons anymore, going to Ascalon Catacombs and, you know, making fun of the bad uh, the bad voice acting. And there's none of that in Fractals. It's just like, oh yeah, we're doing this, and we don't know why we're doing this. We know we've gone back in time and are sieging Ascalon. But yeah, if they developed the story behind Fractals, maybe that would help. I, I don't know. It is kind of... Yeah, and I didn't think about design um, correlations and having to line that up. I would imagine if they put new fractals in, they would have to weave them in. So there'd be, you know, a level 1 to 10 version and so on. But if they only put them in the high levels, then people will only with high uh, agony resist could do that. You know, it's just, yeah, fractals are weird. They're just weird. Yeah, even even hearing Spirit talk about the design, I didn't even think about yeah. the effect on the, the fractal levels. Like on, on mm-hmm. you know, where you would insert them into the into the fractal levels um that's that's even another really interesting point and it just seems like a recipe for people getting annoyed because that's what always happens you do something you change something people don't like it so if you weave them into the low and the high people are like oh you changed my fractals and then if you put them only in the high people are like oh we don't have the ar to do it we're never gonna get there yeah especially god forbid if you replace the swamp with a new yeah one. <laughs> that would literally be world ending don't um. break anyone's farm <laughs> It's, yeah, the worst. I I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've been doing daily swamps because I'm sure that they're going to get nerfed and I want to get as much ascended equipment out of it as I humanly yeah. can. Um, but yeah, if, uh, if I had to say a type of fractal that I would like to see, I think that would be a cool way to incorporate some of the Guild Wars 1 Realm of the Gods stuff. So um, like Realm of Torment, um, 
uh, Underworld, the Fissure of Woe, like they could have fractals that take place in those places and that would could be, cool. be could be like cool the deep you know, mini dungeons air quotes yeah exactly that because yeah because those are removed from time like you don't have to it doesn't have to be a statement on what's going on in those places right now it can just be like a you know the sideways backwards glance or or whatever i don't know so if i had to if i had to ask for a fractal um type it would be something like that i think because i don't think we're gonna see those in raids because they're just like too human god centric for for like a raid wing to be about so fractal seemed the most likely candidate he says as we fight the uh white mantle well yeah <laughs> i mean i guess that's true um but as i as i said earlier uh that is sort of a good segue to talk about the shatterer Wait. nope sorry no, no no quick before you go and i wanted to say one more thing i couldn't oh. quantify i wasn't great at quantifying why i wanted dungeons over fractals but as i was sort of reflecting on it um the total length of a dungeon might have been less than a or you know on par or less than a fractal um but the amount of things you did within that time was a lot of different things and so that was more engaging to me than wailing on a boss for 10 minutes it was more engaging i think well, I, yeah, I mean, I think a big part of that is fractal scaling is still kind of not great because the high level fractals, which is what I would wager that you do most of your time doing, um, are still pretty hit point spongy. So, yeah, yeah. so longer, more involved thing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. Um, and and given that, that would be very difficult to create fractals that are structured in the way that dungeons are and then get them to have any traction because they would just be longer and with scaling would be way more miserable than existing fractals so yeah that's fair um good points good points all around so now third time for the segue um <laughs> old content getting new polish uh the shatterer got redone and i have not had time to do it have you guys done it i've done it once and i've heard a lot of one of my other guilds talking about it did you so why don't you why don't you just take it away from there? Did you thoughts? Did you enjoy it? Is it uh obviously it's not meant to be super challenging. Does it seem level appropriate? Does it seem fun? I think it's fun. I don't think I want it's not something I want to run again and again. And it was easier than I expected it to be. Um I don't think they even needed to make it much harder, but make it more mechanic based. I mean it was kind of the same thing. The fact that it can be just killed with a mob, I think is my biggest uh my biggest gripe. Because you know, we they had the redo of Tequadal, and you know, people had to figure out how to kill it. But this, you just mob, and the mobs go, and they destroy everything. You just you know, hold down your auto attack, and it's it's done. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. There wasn't more mechanics into it. It's got all these uh, you know achievement point unlocks. So I guess that's is that replayability to some people? I guess it is because you gotta you know kill a certain amount of branded to get a certain achievement, and you've gotta drop bombs for another. And do all that, and you know that's not something that compels me to keep playing it. If it's fun, I want to keep playing it, not just to get achievement points. Well, I probably will do it to farm some achievement points at some point, but it just—it was like a one-shot for me. I—I I did it, and I don't feel like there's anything to see see more about it. I mean, it becomes again just the world boss farm. On the achievement point issue, I am astounded that they didn't include a a mastery point or two uh, in doing it. Like that really surprises yeah, me. Yeah, that's true. Actually, honest. I hadn't thought about that. Have uh, um, Eric or Kate, either of you done done the uh, done the new Tequadal? I mean, uh, Shatter. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I guess I can talk about it. I um, I've done it twice. The first time, 
or maybe three times. I don't know, something like that. Um, the first time I did actually just zerg it down with numbers. That was on on day one, and you know everyone was there to check it out. So we did just zerg it down. I will say um, I have failed it. The second time I went back, um, it was sort of later at night, and there weren't enough people to zerg it down, and so that was somewhat more complex. Um, but I think sort of my issue with it is, first of all, I don't either the brake bars are really not well balanced, or um, you know, no one is bringing CC, and I don't. It, it sort of brought up an issue for me, or you know, I thought of an issue is this might be. Um, players sort of first or a very early introduction of, of CC bars to players and they don't really understand how important they are. Because um, in, in the 40 to 50 range, pretty much I think all you've seen with break bars so far is champions. And, you know, you might not really understand those, especially if you've been in the sort of world boss events that haven't been well balanced yet or, you know, haven't been balanced for the sort of hot meta because um, Breaking that break bar isn't key. It's just, you know, it, it's part of the fight and it makes you do more damage to him and it stops whatever he's doing, but it's not a key portion of the fight. And so this is sort of your your first introduction to that. Um, so none of the break bars ever uh, during my second attempt got broken. Um, actually, I think none of the break bars during my first attempt got broken either, but we yeah, still killed it. And that's I think it's a question I have. Sorry, do you ahead. need to break the break bars in order to kill it? I, and when I fought it with the mob and your giant zerg, it seemed like you didn't need that. If in your attempt where it failed, if the break bars were broken, do you think you would have killed it? Um, I think we could have, but I don't think we could have broken the break bars. Like I think, uh -huh. like that's the whole thing is you have to break the break bars on the crystals it summons to stop it from healing. Um, but if you can't do that, then you have to be able to out DPS it. But if you can't out DPS it, then you're going to fail. Um, so that, yeah, that was sort of one issue I had is either people don't know to bring, um, CCs yet, uh, which by the way, you know, I know we get new listeners all the time on the podcast. Crowd control is knockback, launch, blind, cripple, fear, chill, um, anything that slows a person or immobilizes Yikes. them or moves them around in some way. Um, that, that's the sort of stuff we're talking about when we, when we talk about crowd control and that's what works on those little blue bars under the, the boss's health. Um, and breaking those bars usually gives them a couple debuffs, which, um, help you do better against the boss. And for um, big yeah. things like Krakatoric or what the Mushroom Emperor and Hot, the break bar isn't always readily ready to be broken. Right. Sometimes it's chain and you can't CC it immediately. And there are sort of uh, moments of opportunity where it turns blue and you have to do it quickly. Um, so like on the Shatterer, when it tries to fly away, um, you can stop it from flying away if you broke the CC bar. But I haven't seen it happen yet. I've not seen a su single successful, um, you know, prevention of the Shatterer flying away. And I don't know if people are giving up on it because it's not happening or what. But yeah, it's been... So So that sort of aspect of it is 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 rough. And it could just be... Um, either people don't know yet, or it could just be, um, uh, you know, maybe it's too hard. I don't know. Um, but the the sort of the big gripe I have with it is they sort of played it up like, hey, look, there are these there are these new roles that you can do at the shatter. There's the sort of gliding role, and there's the you know you can pick up a mortar or a turret and do it that way. But they're not really integral to the fight, and mm -hmm. it's hard to judge how useful they are because i mean you can fly over and drop med kits on them and dodge the lightning and that that is really cool to do um but i look at it and i go i don't know if i'm actually helping that much by flying over and doing this as opposed to you know giving the shatter a pedicure um 
or on the mortars, am I doing more damage on the mortars or could I be sitting up on his foot with everyone fully buffed up and, and doing it? So there's no, like to Quaddle where there's the, the turrets, they have a very defined role, which is stripping off the, the defensive buffs, but that's not there on the shatter. So I don't, I don't know if those new roles are worth it not to play yet or not. And so it, it sort of loses that diversity that other world bosses have where there's multiple roles you can do um, that are, are integral to the fight. So, I don't know. That's my gripe with it right now. Yeah. Going back to the break bars, though, I've wondered just since the release of Hot if break bar balance is right. Because it seems like sometimes I'd be fighting, what, the Matriarch Inverted Brink, and my Flesh Golem or my um, Shiro Ultimate on my Revenant will just knock that break bar down. And then sometimes it seems like it'll do a tiny little fraction. And it doesn't seem to matter if there's lots of people or very few people, whether it'll hit or not. And I don't know if, you know, there's a distance thing. But break bar balance seems to be something that either I'm not understanding or needs to be rebalanced. There's definitely, I don't know, like, so my biggest experience with break bars has been in raids. Um, and I feel that they're appropriately balanced in there for the sort of hard and soft CCs that you do. Um, but I've definitely noticed in the open world some of them break too quickly. And obviously the chatter is not breaking enough. So I don't know. I mean, just for to speak to the matriarch, I've literally never seen the matriarch get her bar broken during, like, when she's about to take off, ever. Like, I've just never seen pugs oh. able to break that. Like, now, I've seen times where it seems to break like glass, and times where it's like, it's just not going to break. Yeah, I mean, granted, I haven't done it a ton of times, but I've done it a handful of times, and yeah, it's um, I, it's hard to say whether it is the people involved just either not caring or not being good enough or coordinated Mm -hmm. enough or not knowing what it is or or if it's just tuned improperly it's yeah yeah really hard call i honestly really think there should be some sort of uh tutorial on cc's and break bars because i mean they happen but there's no real introduction to them and it's a critique definitely with guild wars too is that there's uh, a lot of sort of in-depth mechanics that are never really taught to you. You're left to figure out on your own. Um, but with it becoming so important, and just, you know, out of my own personal experience, Vinetooth um, in Auric Basin is another one of those big fights where you you really should get a successful break bar off. And, you know, everyone is calling in chat, you know, CC, 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 and we get, we'd get to the end of the fight with it. And I actually had four people say in say or map chat, I don't know what CC is you know, how to, I, I can't do what you're asking me to do because I don't understand, um, which really surprised me, but was also sort of eye-opening in, in, in terms of I need to be more, as a commander, I need to be more aware of that people might not know that. So it'd be useful if the game taught it, you know, and I didn't have to, but. I think Guild Wars 2 players need to play more LOL or at least watch the uh, LOL videos. Yeah, it. I mean, and part of it too is that you know, Guild Wars Two is unashamedly sort of, uh, in many ways, caters to a more casual crowd, and and not to its own detriment. I think that's actually a really good thing about it. But you do have to mm-hmm. come with that understanding that by by largely catering towards a more casual crowd, they sort of by definition don't know some of these things. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's always important to keep that in mind with your audience. So I've got a question then. Would you think that which is lesser known, break bars or, you know, combat fields? Oh, combat fields. Yeah. And combat fields are also something important. That's something you see in Worldview World a lot with Worldview World commanders just getting really angry that people don't know what combat fields are. It's like, I need some water fields. I'm like, what? Yeah, I think people, people probably that don't 
know about either. I would wager that they know they know that fields maybe happen or they've at least seen the icons because it's almost impossible to not see them, but they don't understand the mechanisms by which they operate. Whereas with the break bar, some people clearly have no idea how they work, but if like I still gets a it's still a little bit more obvious, I guess than than how the fields work because there are many aoes that are not fields and there are many attacks that are not finishers and so it's not like you can just drop an aoe and then immediately you know um test out a a finisher on it like you you actually have to have a field or you know what i mean like and and a lot of them are not intuitive either in terms of what they're yeah so that just there. makes me think if yeah. uh, Anet's going to do some tutorial on break bars, do something for fields as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be nice. But yeah, anyway. Um, I had a thing, and I have now completely forgotten what it was. Um, <laughs> but did did we have anything else we want to talk about with the Shatter, or were we ready to ready to move on? Aside from the fact that it's kind of nice to get a revamp, and you know, um, is still easy slash weird. I just one little thing. I heard in some of my other guild chat that people were saying that the AOEs weren't showing up. I don't know if that might that might be you know, a hardware thing for people, but it seemed a common enough complaint that maybe the AOEs aren't showing up for some people and that needs to be fixed, but I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard anything either way, and I haven't done it, obviously, so can't say. Alrighty, well, um, do we want to talk about the Lunar New Year first or talk about our big... Uh, sort of angry elephant in the in the room. <laughs> Let's get Lunar New Year out of the way. Oh, I was kind of hoping to like let us like move towards a nice like happy ending. Well, we've got cast cast for that. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Okay, cool. Okay, so Lunar New Year is back, aka the Money Festival. Um, I uh, I think uh, I will leave this to you guys because all that I do is sell envelopes. So. I open them because I'm a terrible person. I've been hoarding for money. Them. And Spirit, you've been decorating. Uh, yeah, I have been decorating. I, I mean, regarding envelopes, I opened them first, decided it wasn't worth it this year, and have started selling them now. Um, and if you're not familiar with that, there's a NPC in Divinity's Reach who sells 16 envelopes a day for one gold apiece. You can buy all 16 and sell them on the trading post straight to people immediately. For almost 1.4 gold, so that's an easy 3 gold a day, or more. And uh, yeah, that's all you have to do to make some money during this time of year. Uh, But if you do choose to open them, there's some awesome fireworks in there that have, first of all, effects, um, you know, visually, that are different depending on which one you light off. But also they give you 10% magic find and experience gain from all sources, so they're great if you're leveling stuff or playing in the open world to have around. Um, the food is great for raids, so I know a lot of our raid team has been eyeing up the cheap prices lately on the golden dumplings and the delicious rice balls. Wait, are the golden dumplings good for raids? Because isn't that an on-kill thing? Uh, fried golden dumplings are boon- 20% boon duration and 33% might end crit. Okay, I was thinking of the... I thought maybe there's something else. I thought there was a dumpling that is like 200 power and 200 condition damage on kill. I'm like, that's not I good think- for raid. Yeah, I think you are right about that. There's some different ones. I know there's one that's like 15% condition duration for you and 20% reduced condition duration on you, which is selling Mm. for a lot. Um, But I don't know about that other one you're talking about. I have been enjoying the decorations, though. Because those uh, you can get a ton of the 
luck from those envelopes, and it's a really good way to get a bunch of stuff needed for your actual that uh, for building your Lunar New Year decorations, which has been nice. Do you want to talk about any of the things you've built, Derek? Because you've been scribing a lot for us. I have been scribing a fair amount. I'm still like partially just sad about how expensive scribing is. Pray that the promised scribing adjustments will hopefully make it worthwhile, but who knows? I mean, still being run by the same economist, so my hope is not necessarily the... But uh, the the stuff that they have is actually really nice. So they have some cool statues, and the nice thing is, is they're all very low level. I don't think you have to be above like one... I think 225 is the highest skill level required, which is brutal to get in scribing, but still... There's a fair number of scribes out there who can actually do it. Unlike last uh, Christmas, where or Winter's Day, where it was like a level 400 scribe. So it's the uh, statues are cool because they're like 125 required, and that's not too terrible to get. Then the lunar gate, I have been thoroughly enjoying making. I made three of those yesterday, and so we have some gates, and it's a, it's actually an arch, the lunar arch. Is that the hobbit hole door thing? It is the hobbit hole door. So I have a house that is underground, and by house I mean I decided that a portion of the guild hall would be my house. I live there, and I now have a hobbit door, and I'm very excited about it because <laughs> hobbit doors are awesome. Do you invite Azurans over for dinner parties? I do, actually. Except then they just smash all of my stuff, and they sing songs about dropping plates and cracking all of the good china. And then occasionally a Norn in a funny hat shows up, and it's crazy. He gave me a ring, though. It's a pretty cool ring, so I'm kind of excited about that. You're supposed to keep it secret and keep it safe. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) What are you gonna do? Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, um, yeah. I mean, otherwise the the festival is uh, fairly it's it's been around before and it's uh, you know it's back again. I I am glad that they're doing seasonal decorations. I think that's a really nice touch. Um, you know, this kind of relates to the break bar thing that we were talking about and how people don't know what the break bar is, fire fields or whatever. Because I do Dragon Ball and I enjoy Dragon Ball and I'm surprised at how many people don't know to dodge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, it seems like a lot of people don't uh, dodge in any of the mini games that allow you to dodge. Like, and that does raise the question once again of how many people actually know to dodge in Guild Wars Two? Like, how many yeah. people know that that's a system? That question scares me and frightens me by its implications. Like, well, I mean, everyone saw it when the Daily Dodger was a thing. I remember yeah. being an or and people were like, "How do I do this Daily Dodger thing? What's going on?" Yeah, rough. God. That's scary. I mean, look, if you're a new player and you don't know how to do these things, like, please speak up. We don't mean to be, like, condescending. It's just uh, hard to even... It's hard to put ourselves uh, in in the mental space where we don't know about these things, especially because all of us on this podcast have followed Guild Wars since literally two years or more before it even came out. Um, I I think all of us were following it from when they announced it in Guild Wars, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, five so. years before it no. came out. Yeah. So I'm a baby, but sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, for us, it's it's sometimes hard to parse out the things that everybody should know versus things that uh, that that we know. So, which is why every really experienced player should adopt a newbie sometimes 
and someone who's never played this and been like, oh, okay, these are the things that they think about. Yeah, just hang out sure. in a uh, in a starter zone and start fostering people. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. We support Guild Wars player adoption. That's right. That's right. I feel like there's someone that someone should now create a guild that's just called like Adoption Agency. I'm pretty sure there are several new guild or guilds oriented towards new players. But are they called Adoption Agency? I don't know. And should the tag be lost? <laughs> oh. Yes. Uh, alrighty. Well, now onto a topic that new players aren't going to know anything about, which is the skills and balance update. They're probably not going to notice, but Spirit noticed. Spirit, yeah. Spirit did notice. I have to say, though, before you get too angry, the changes to the Necromancer are fantastic. Oh, yeah, we got buffs for days. Oh, my goodness, it's so good. Like, the boon corruption that just happens passively now is so good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. <sighs> I didn't think Necromancer necessarily needed any buffs, or rather, I should say, I would have been perfectly happy if we didn't get any buffs, and the fact that my good old tried-and-true Condimancer that I stubbornly played for three years, even when it sucked, um, got buffs, made me warm up in my cold, shriveled, necromantic heart. <laughs> True. Yeah. So, so good. So now, Spirit, let's let's talk about hey, I the, mean, let's talk about this. <laughs> Thief also got some buffs, so I w I'm not a necro anymore, which is great. Or maybe who is the necro now? Is the mesmer back. now the necro? Oh, it's guardian, <laughs> which is worse because really? that's my other main. Uh, well, for raids, it is. Well, we, we can talk about that some other time because that's a whole. That's other fascinating because even dragon hunters not like because their burst is crazy good. Um, or it was. It, it basically comes down to that they aren't providing any buffs that any or any useful things that any other class isn't doing right now for this particular set of raid like bosses which are full DPS checks pretty much um it like there are things like there's no reason not to take a dragon hunter but um you know or to like purposefully exclude one from the group but at the same time, if you're sort of going for an optimal composition, Dragon Hunter just doesn't fit in there for various reasons, which I can talk about another time. Because um, I have to talk a lot about raids in order to make this make any sense, because it requires sort of a greater context. Um, so to start with, when you build a raid comp, um, prior to this patch, there was sort of two major things and then a third one. First was a Chronomancer, because... 66% cooldown reduction for yourself and several party members on a high upkeep is insane. And of course, every raid is going to want one because who doesn't want to do like all of their abilities to be on cooldown faster so you can do more DPS or heal more or whatever. Um, so Chronomancers were essentially an essential part of the raid and there is not much you can do about that. And then with the Chronomancers comes the... Herald, because Herald has Fast of Nature, which gives you 50% more boon duration. So when you're running a Chronomancer with Herald, then you can do some cool stuff with 100% quickness uptime, and who doesn't want that? And quickness and alacrity together, um, quickness buffs your characters that work strongly off auto attacks, because it makes them do their high damage attacks faster, and alacrity benefits the people who have cooldowns on their attacks because it removes the cooldowns so they can do their attacks faster. Um, so with the Chronomancer and Herald, you've already got a pretty strong basis for a raid. Um, some really su strong supportive roles, uh, which could also be used to tank. So you could condense your tank and two support roles down to two players 
um, and essentially have a whole bunch of free stuff, which is great for DPS. Um, and then, so you've got the third thing, which is Burnzerker. And Burnzerker is a warrior that runs a longbow. And what they used to do is they would take the longbow and use their burst skill, which would put down squares on the ground. And if you had the boss standing in multiple squares, um, each square would burn it, which was great because, you know, you could position the boss that way. It was in two or even three squares. If it was a big enough boss, you could get it in and it would just burn the ever living crap out of it. So that scaled really well with alacrity. Uh, because you would put down another one of those burning fields before it was gone. So you could have it in almost like five or six squares and just have crazy amounts of burns. I'm talking like like 20 to 30k burn tick. Uh, not uncommon. And also be ble- bleeding for, you know, just as much. Or not not just as much, but for a significant amount. And the amount would of the bleeding damage they time be more consistent? Um, bleeding... So Burnzerker, one of the cool things Burnzerker can do is that it can get burning and bleeding duration to 100%, um, wow. both of them. So yeah, like Burnzerker is crazy. Um, and it, you, you can still do that after the nerf, but the working on two squares doesn't work anymore. So you can't... Essentially what was happening is between the three of those, um, the damage a Burnzerker could output was insane. And so people were doing these crazy stacking comps with Burnzerkers, and that needed to get nerfed. And Alacrity was too strong, um, it was making too many abilities come off cooldown so bad, and so that needed to be nerfed. And then uh, Herald was not only because they worked off auto attacks, and they had that benefit from the quickness for the Chronomancer, and they had top tier support, they were doing too many things too well, and so something needed to go there, and it was slightly their auto attack. Um, so for the top tier groups, they weren't necessarily affected. They didn't have to stack Burnzerkers anymore. They could do other stuff. And, you know, they could clear the raid not as fast as they'd been doing previously, but still well, you know, still with less than 10 people, still fine. Um, But for those of us who haven't been clearing the raid, who are struggling for every bit of the DPS to be able to do it, it hit us really hard. Um, so I, you know, I can only speak for Relics' experience and a little bit for Twids because I've raided with them this week. Um, it reduced, so we, we killed Veil Guardian this week, still with a minute left on the timer with our best group. Um, so it, it didn't really affect us there. And we run, we used to run, I think we're probably going to change out of it very shortly. We used to run one Chronomancer, one Herald, and one Burnzerker. We weren't stacking any of those. Um, so for Veil Guardian, didn't really matter. We were killing it with two minutes left before. We killed it with a minute. 10 left last night. Uh, Gorsival, totally different story because Gorsival is a severe DPS check. So when we went to see Gorsival, um, it's a little hard for us to speak to this because we also changed up our strategy and some of our comp in anticipation of not being able to do enough DPS this week. Um, so we were almost on... I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Basically, we hit Enrage on Gorsival with 20% left, where previously we were hitting, we were killing him on Enrage, basically. We were, we were right on the bubble there. Uh, and so that's a lot of damage we now have to make up from somewhere. We don't know where, because nothing in our raid comp got buffed. Uh, there were only nerfs. And so we have to figure out now how to make up that time somewhere. And I, I genuinely don't know how we're going to do it. Um, but the sort of the salty part for me, and I think also for Grybach, I'm sure he wants to talk about this, 
comes in where this isn't PvP. I can't just switch out an amulet and start a new build. I have invested, quite literally, hundreds of hours and thousands of gold into a Condi Warrior set, which is now sitting on my warrior, um, pretty much going to be unused for the foreseeable future because there are other things now that I can do better for my raid. I mean, fortunately, I have a Berserker Thief already geared. Um, Thief got a lot of buffs, and that's probably how I'm going to to keep on pace with the damage I used to be doing. Not, I mean, it won't be perfect. I won't be able to keep up with my old Berserker even because it was that strong. I mean, these are changes that needed to happen. You have to understand that, like these are changes that are very important to the game overall. They were way too strong. They had to be nerfed, but the the problem sort of comes in where we've invested too much time and too much money um, into those builds and then also are not have regressed as a result of these changes, which is why I'm I'm pretty mad about them. I you know, I we weren't stacking Burnzerkers, we were just scraping by um with a balanced comp and and to see us go backwards now because people were it's just so frustrating. And there, there was another the top, point I was going to make. It's too. the top players um, causing us to be uh, moved back because they're doing something that we're not doing. And yeah, it, it, it oh. also. Go ahead. Yeah. So essentially, it's not. Um, so if you if you were to place blame on someone, it's not that the skills and balance team um, nerfed these skills. It's the fact that the changes were not communicated to the raids team or to the economy team, or like there there wasn't that sort of cooperation to, to see how these nerfs were going to impact the community at large, um, which should have happened. And I mean, it, this is the eternal critique with Guild Wars 2, is it seems like there's these different teams and they never talk to each other, because if they had, then, you know, there should have been something that to, to compensate for this, right? There should have been either like a slight nerf to boss health so that you know, the groups on the bubble could still make it through when they weren't able to run the builds that they made. Like, something should have happened, and it it didn't. So we're left out in the cold going, I need to get 20% more DPS. Well, I'll, I'll be a little bit generous. Probably 10% more DPS on Gorsival, because we weren't playing at our best, because, um, sorry, Triv, one of our Neckers has a nasty upper respiratory infection, and so we didn't really go hard at raiding yesterday. So maybe... 10% more if I'm feeling generous. We have to find that damage from somewhere now. And it's just, it's so... I mean, we've talked a, a dozen times about how the economy around raids is so jank because of Ascended Gear. And, I, you know, it's... Now we have to be very careful with who we let into our raids, right? Because um, the DPS check was already severe. Now it's nigh impossible for our group. Uh, even though we're performing the mechanics fine, we're dodging the egg presence, we're making sure we're out of the smashes, uh, we know to delay the break bar, we're breaking it on time, you know, faster, you know, as fast or faster than a lot of groups, um, because we watch a lot of videos to see, you know, where we can scrape damage out of. Um, we're optimizing our groups for for boon distribution, we're optimizing our individual buffs. And my voice is totally going. It started bad and it's just gotten worse. So if anyone wants to take over for me, that would be great. Uh, but now, not only do we have to make sure that we have our full Ascended gear, we have to make sure that anybody coming in has full Ascended gear. We can't carry people anymore. 
Um, and, you know, you can argue back and forth about whether you should be able to or shouldn't be able to carry people in raids or whether we're high enough skilled players that we should be able to do that anyway or shouldn't be able to do that anyway. But now having to make these comp changes or thinking about making these comp changes, we that is also something that's really hard because if we didn't have a character that was already geared, thank God I've already got a Berserker Thief because I, you know, played that for years. If I didn't have that, I'd be looking at spending another thousand gold to gear up a character and going, you know what, is this going to get nerfed in three months? Should I even bother? And a thousand gold isn't something easy to get. No. This is weeks of gameplay to yeah, get the gold. It's... because There's no small thing. So that's where if the... This is kind of like... This is on a grander scale, but like you were saying with communicating, it's kind of like the... Um, what was the... The fun Adventure Fun Box, where you had a coin that you could buy off the gem store that would give you infinite continues. Well, I have that coin, and I didn't get to use it hardly because I didn't have time to adventure fund box, and it's not back. It's clearly the marketing team not communicating with the development team, and we see it again and again in Guild Wars. So when there's that disconnect of thousands, I mean, not thousands, but thousands of gold or you know a week's worth of hours to accumulate that gold to make your uh, next set of incentive gear, it just makes it so less and less people can get into raids. And when we're trying to be a guild that's opening and welcoming, and when we want everyone we want to enable people to have fun and do all the content, it's like we're fighting against developers, and it's either because they're not communicating or because they want to make it harder. I don't know why they want to make it that hard, but it's just something's not not meshing. There's a difference though yeah. between difficulty based on gear score and difficulty based on technical design. The fights themselves are definitely technically difficult. Like, it requires skill to actually defeat the raid bosses. The problem comes in in that they've built this system to drain gold out of it, and they've built it purely on the economy with the ascended gear system, purely on the 1% has 80% of the wealth system, which is what their goal is. I mean, that's what John Smith says. He wants a real-world economy in the game, and that's real-world economy. So it means that you're now limiting people to, and because you have this silly, excessively expensive gear that is the best in tier, and because you have to balance difficult content around that, yeah. So I think you've we've talked you've talked about this on the ray on the podcast quite a few times, and I, I think Sand Armor's been a point forever. I mean, really. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still. I mean, yeah. Go back and watch our YouTube podcast if you want to see my full feelings <laughs> on Ascended Gear. They're not pleasant. If you want to hear what we thought about the game a year and a half or two years ago, which none of us, basically nothing, but you know our Ascended Gear gripes are relevant now. And you can also listen to me predict the Guild Hall system. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think my own personal stance is probably fairly well established to everybody um, on Ascended Gear, and it's yeah, I mean. I mean, like Spirit's saying, like, I, to be, maybe, maybe this is a confession. I don't know if you know, Spirit, I don't actually have full ascended Condi gear on my Necro. Get like, out. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I know. Yeah. Well, because like, and you know, it's not as important, but I also don't have Vipers because I also didn't want to throw away a couple hundred gold on Vipers gear. Yeah. And I went all in Rabid, which is just not good because, well, toughness. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean... A Condi Necro is probably on the lesser end of importance for having ascended gear. It's also the one of the most expensive things to ascend because Condi gear is so insanely expensive. Yeah, just yeah. just good rating stats for Condi gear, like Sinister and stuff, 
oh my goodness it's like hey yeah, we're, is... bring out your pocketbook and pay with real money for this stuff please well, i then firmly I'll... believe sorry i firmly believe that part of what keeps zerkers so entrenched is that it is so much easier to to build and upkeep a zerker build than it is a condi build because condi's the sigils and runes that they require not to mention the stuff that goes into building the the gear is so much more expensive and then on top of that um roughly 30 percent of your damage in a condi build comes out of your food which you constantly have to upkeep if you want to do well on a condi build which is infuriating yeah 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 um, and yeah. the thing about food, it's so annoying that, you know, when it lasts 30 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, and you are at the point where you've done a pull, and you have to go back, it's like, well, I'm going to run out in the middle, so I'm just going to have to use another one. And it doesn't add the time. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. just waste five minutes. Like, I waste five minutes of every food, pretty much. Um, but yeah, and then, like, on top of that, the fact that I'm sometimes doing Condi Tank and sometimes doing regular Condi, like, so... If I do get an ascended piece of gear that I'm going to give to my necromancer, it's like, well, do I make it tank stats or do I make it like damage stats? Because both are good, but like, yeah, it's just, it's a mess. And like, I, yeah, I mean, at this point, like, I pretty much am worried slash considering like giving up on slash getting kicked out of raids just because it's like at, at, in their current state, just because like I, I'm not I'm not going to dump that much money into something that might just change under my feet again and well, yeah like uh, yeah it's just it's very I'm very frustrated with where raids are at least for the for our groups um and yeah I mean like you said it's not it's not just PVP where you can just like flip an amulet to change your build like I think that would a... really change like how enjoyable raid comps and messing around with that is is if you could just swap an amulet I think that would be fantastic yeah or and... maybe an in between what if they did something I think I've mentioned this on the show before with uh ascended trinkets make it so not just trinkets but armor sets stats maybe even runes and even if it's just for raids maybe make it so you unlock something and then it's slotted and you're in that raid you can just hit a drop down list and pick the stat you want i mean mm -hmm. that would be great but like yeah it's yeah it's just very it's a very frustrating corner to be painted in where i am of the opinion that i have mechanically mastered at least the first two fights because i haven't even gotten to sabbath yet but like combination of food and ascended gear is pretty much like a barrier that's just draining a crap load of money and like i'm not really getting anything out of it and it's yeah i <sighs> yeah yep <laughs> yeah it's just like the the whole economy surrounding raids is so incredibly infuriating because they're so easy not uh they could be theoretically accessible. Like, you can get to level 80 and get right into them, and as opposed to fractals where you need crazy amounts of AR. So it's a sort of group content that, that could be easily accessible to people that only have a limited amount of time but still wanted to do raids. Like, it's right on the cusp, and it's tremendously fun content. Like, the, the actual raids themselves are very well designed, and I would like to be able to enjoy them more, but the everything around it is just making it a nightmare to do yeah but yeah like sorry i had like three thoughts at once i have so many feelings about raids which is why it's a problem for me to talk about them um but guild wars 2 is sort of very very close to being a accessible game 
for the people who want the hardcore the the raids that require skill on a time on a you know not a time crunch that you don't have to you know clear hours of trash before you can do a boss and like it, it's really close to being that but the the sort of ascended gear and that whole system is holding it back it's a shame yep so you think that the if everyone was perfectly geared it would make the raids much easier i mean to the I, point where it trivializes them on some level i don't feel like that would necessarily be true having done having fought gorsival and killed vg fail guardian even if that's the case, um, the fact that your whole entire stat set is at the whim of a balance change, it's just extremely frustrating that you have that, and then all of a sudden you might have to spend a thousand gold because it's rendered useless because of a patch. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really much more of an economics problem than a balance problem. It's just that balance is exposing the problem that we've been harping on with the economics for two and a half years. Yeah. Um, so that's unfortunate. <laughs> But we have uh, decorations now, so maybe they'll be like, oh, we have other ways to drain money out of the economy. Yes, and we have expensive brew club achievements. That was, What's that all about? That was really weird that it was 10 gold. It's just really weird in general. I don't know. I mean, I did it just because like, oh, yeah. 10 gold is nothing, but it's like such a, just like so weird. I mean, I'm um, sitting here on 32 gold on my main account, on my, on my, I have 32 gold. And uh, yeah, I still bought it. You should do some daily fractals. Well, what is it? Probably I'm, I'm should. not familiar. So you go to the so that what the brew club of the month achievement is is every it's a monthly achievement essentially it's a monthly login reward at the uh, at the beginning of every month or actually once per month if whenever you go into a city Lions Arch L A whichever actually the same thing lion's arch or divinity's reach there we go there's two different cities if you go into them you will get a mail from the monastery in queensdale and get a get a different drink a new drink now the thing is those uh you have to actually go to the monastery to sign up for it and talk to one of the brewers which i really like just that little rp touch i enjoy that thoroughly but when you show up he's like oh it's 10 gold a, a year or i think it's just 10 gold for this achievement um and then you have to log in once a month throughout the year if you don't log in you don't get the achievement or you have to wait a year till so you have to make sure to log in once a month to get it. Which, by the way, it's now too late to get January because I logged in right after we started recording and I got February's brew and was confused. But then I was like, oh, right, because it's after the daily reset on the last day of this month. Yep. So whoops. Did you not it, get January's? No, I did. But I got it just like two days ago because I just I wasn't even realizing that it was the end of the month already and I was just like oh I, uh, yeah I might as well I might as well do it like I don't care um, and then I, I didn't realize how close to the line I was cutting it on accident but yeah I don't know it's weird and then yeah you get a backpack at the end <laughs> like I don't know it's and a title it's weird like a German backpack you keep beer in it's like a big kind of like the crafters backpacks except oh, it's a like giant that. keg yeah so it's yeah. a German backpack now, what do you guys think about the naming conventions of these, of some of these brews? I didn't look at them. Well, we have a few. Like, for example, this month's is Dragon Bash Barley Wine. And one thing that they were saying is they're looking to try and fill out the 
celebrations around throughout the year so maybe this is something that was set down during dragon bash like three years ago and so that's why it's called dragon bash barley wind but there is a running theory out there that this is actually foreshadowing certain events that are going to come back and so we may theoretically see dragon bash this month i think that since february is technically starting unless we hear something tomorrow on tuesday we're probably not going to be seeing anything but it could be hinting at because we've got Dragon Bash Barley Wine. We've got some stuff about the Pale Tree. Um, There's uh, one for Queen's Jubilee as well in August, I think, is when it yep. falls. When Queen's Jubilee in August, it looks like. Yep. Hmm. There's some Mad King's Pumpkin Porter. There's some... But they don't have Winter's Day stuff. Uh, they do have Istan Pale Ale, which I think is interesting. So we're totally going to be going to Alona. That's 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 proof right there. So, middle of the year, guys. Living story comes back. Going to Alona. That's my theory. Calling it now. Yep, calling it or now. Or just all of Joko's importing, exporting beer rather to us. It could be. Although technically, it's an ale, not a beer. For you know, all the people that's that might complain about that. And when you I know. said Jin backpack of beer, I wasn't trying to be stereotypical. <laughs> just when I was in Germany at Gamescom, there were lots of guys that carried beer into Gamescom in their backpacks. So. Alrighty. Well, I actually have to get going here very shortly. So, Spirit, are you ready to close out the cast with CastCast? Yeah. Uh, hello and welcome to CastCast, the podcast within the podcast, podcast of other podcasts, and the podcast of other podcasts. This week on CastCast, um, we've got next week um, at 4.45 Pacific, I think, I hope. Um, we are going to take over a Tangled Depths map and stuff as many twits, mocks, and rowboats in there as we can, and just have sort of two hours of guild-friendly exploration of Tangled Depths, and then also probably kill Chalk Giant, because um, I'm sure we can do it with that many people. So if you want to come hang out with us that day, uh, I will put the real time in the show notes, if that is not the real time, but I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> but time zones are a thing that I'm blanking on right now. Um, what else? I know it's 45 minutes after reset, whatever that is for you. Oh, yeah, and uh, Edis is building us a super cool jumping puzzle in our guild. So hall. cool. Yeah. Love so, it so much. Uh, one of our guildmates is working on a jumping puzzle, which not only goes up and wraps around a large part of the guild hall and touches on a lot of really cool viewpoints, um, but he's also doing it in a way where, A, it's easy to jump, so most most people can get up there and if you need a little bit of help we'll, we'll get you a mesmer portal uh but also so that there are certain sort of nodes in between that we're intending to have each of our guildmates decorate uh so if you're keen on jumping puzzles that is now happening in the relics for guild hall and we are uh openly accepting recruits and i need to get justin our our guild recruitment Thing that I made so that he can put it in the show and you can hear all the cool robots talk about all the cool stuff we do. Indeed. Is that the same one as you... Did you put that one in a... a Wasn't that in the Christmas episode? One? Yes, yeah, the I put it in the Christmas episode, but I didn't put it in the Dropbox because I'm a bad podcast person. Yeah, you are literally the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I did enjoy listening to that, though. I did listen to listen to that after you published it, so... All right. Very cool. Well, uh, thank you for joining me again this evening, all of you folks, but especially uh, 
Bravin and uh, and Eric here. It's uh, always nice to have you guys on the. It's always have nice you guys to be on the here. show. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, thank you everybody for listening, and we will be back next week ish, give or take. This has been another episode of Relics of Ore. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofore.com, email us at relicsofore at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve. <laughs>